There's a couple of things we really want you to know before you listen. One. We're both psychologists, but we're not your psychologists. Yeah. If you are looking for a therapist, please check out the notes in our episode descriptions. The other thing is this has... Some salty language. Explicit lyrics. We say the F word. We say things that you probably don't want your kids to hear. The D word. And also maybe things you don't want to hear. The C word. If that's not your bag, put your finger on the scroller and just drag it all the way to the end. (laughs) So we still get credit for you listening all the way through. All right. On on with the show. Ready in the USA. What what is that? A parody of? Ready Ready in the the USA. USA. Bruce Springsteen? Yeah. What's your favorite place song back in the USSR? I don't like when you ask me a question and then you give me an answer. Because you pause and I don't want to fill the, fill the space so I don't have to cut it. What's, yeah. your, what's your top Probably five? Probably Margaritaville. Jimmy Buffett. This is going to be a dumb question. That was that became a place at, well after the song, right? Yeah, it's a retirement community in Florida. Yeah, but I didn't know if there was like, was Cabo Wabo also named after the song? Or did he already have that and then he made it? He has a song called Cabo Wabo? I think so. I don't know. I just know. Was that Sammy Hager? Yeah, 55, You Can't Drive. That is a drink and a song, I think. I Can't Drive at 55? 55, You Can't Drive. Was he talking about the speed limit or his age? Speed limit. Okay. I think it was too slow. Was it too slow? Maybe. For my mom, it'd be the opposite. I Can't Drive 55. I have to go well <laughs> below that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't. What are your favorite? Driving in the car with my mom is like the opposite of speed, where if I go over 55, she explodes. <laughs> Wait, what's your favorite place song? My favorite place song? Man, I wish I had an answer. Cue like, it up. LA has so many, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. nobody walks in LA or walking in LA. I'm walking in LA. But it's the same song. <laughs> I mean. Oh, that was the same song? Walking in LA. Nobody walks in LA. So, but he's walking in LA. Nobody's walking. Last train to Clarksville. In New York. Yep. A concrete bunghole of dreams are made up. (laughs) So this was a fun segment. Cool. Cool. Welcome back. This is Reverse Psychology, the podcast. Yeah, where we only talk about hard-hitting news (sighs) and blues. Mm -hmm. I'm your host, Dr. Mike, and across from me is my host. Oh, we're doing it different this time. Dr. Diana. Season two, changing it up. Season two. What you gonna do? I my name is Dr. Diana. I'm a licensed psychologist. What a retro board certified behavior analyst. I'm Dr. Mike. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. I think I think we're getting snappier with it. Cool. It took a year and a couple of weeks to actually just spit out what we do. Mm-hmm. Fast. Fast. Furious. We're really Tokyo drifting all over this place. <laughs> How are you doing today? How are you doing? Good. Good. Um, we had some bagels that had coronavirus on them. My God. There's a range of people's responses to... Why were you so concerned about the hairnet? I feel like that you were most focused on that. Because that... So let's just say what happened first. Okay. So we went to a place called... <laughs> in Tampa. I'm going to put them on blast. No, take that out. That's our review. No, take that out. I'm just going to bleep it. So we went to a place called... Bleeped. And... <laughs> the main lady she she took, i think she was the owner i think she, i think she was the owner she took our order she wasn't wearing a mask she wasn't wearing gloves she wasn't wearing a hairnet and she had very long hair we just asked for bagels we're like this to be safe and 
she was like handling money and grabbing our bagels and she put some schmear in a container she touched her nose she touched her nose she talked to people talked into our bag yeah she, as she was preparing the cream cheese she talked into it she also had a panic attack so she grabbed the bag that had our bagels in it and used it to breathe into <laughs> and then you were just we were i my discomfort was Despite the big sign out front that said we are taking every precaution, which was apparently right. ironic. Right. It was a huge sign. I can see her not being used to it and being like, oh, I, d- I didn't realize. But she has very, very long hair. Yeah, and that was your concern. That was like your big takeaway. That was my big takeaway because even pre-coronavirus, I would imagine she wasn't wearing a hairnet. And that's bigger. Like, You don't have to wear a hairnet in food service. You should, especially when your hair is like that, you should. I know. I worked in a bagel shop and I didn't wear hair now. Your hair is always falling out. I know. I know. We are on our third bathtub. <laughs> yeah. So but everything about it was gross. We we had to we had to put the cream cheese on the bagel and then put them both in the toaster. I, I was less concerned with the hair situation, but every time we talk about it, that's your main. Also, I feel like because you're so upset by the non-mask wearing stuff, I need to have <laughs> e- e- an equal but opposite gusto okay and that's the only other thing i can think of that doesn't make me sound shallow okay all right well uh, hopefully you're not sick but i feel like you take a calculated risk every time you go out in Mm -hmm. public and order food or you know yeah i don't know whatever eat dirt yeah when's the last time you ate dirt probably when i was seven years old i dropped a banana in the dirt and then i ate it Went with it yeah that's that's strange for someone who grew up with more than enough you think you would have just i was kind of a gross kid though were you? Were you a garbage pail kid? <laughs> what would your garbage pail kid name be? Well, duh, right? Would it be Dirty Diana? Yeah. You'd be a prince themed. Diarrhea Diana? Probably Diarrhea Diana based on us living together now. Oh, good. Thank uh, you. To, um, what would your What would yours be? Um, Probably like Michael Motorcycle and it had like skid marks in my underwear. <laughs> Why are both ours poop themed? Because I think they all, they're all poop themed. I don't think so. Some of them are like worms crawling out oh, of your face. Maybe like, I'd be like mustache Mike and it'd be like a child with a full grown mustache. You're right. Did you go to school with anyone that had, that had like full facial hair in like fifth grade? Mm, not full fit, but like, yeah, dirt. Like kind of looks yeah, like Yeah, there's a kid in my face. fifth grade who was definitely held back two years and he had a full grown mustache. Yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah. I think his name is Lewis. Okay. Well. Um, he was a garbage pail kid. Yeah. <laughs> so that was... Man. Yeah. All right. Cross that off the list. Okay. Cool. So, um, I, n- I think we have some reviews that I'm excited to talk about. Okay. First, start with the good. Or start with the bad. Start with the good. I'm gonna do what you want. Okay. I'm just gonna listen to that part. So we have a couple of reviews. First one came to us via electronic mail from Maddie from Canada. Canada loves us by the way i know we're getting our best reviews from canada it's okay because i like them a our, lot our neighbors to the north they seem more with it uh it's it's an email so i went i just pulled out a couple of pull quotes this is what we call when you just pull the pull well i hope it's out. okay that we're reading people's emails she did disclose a lot of really personal details <laughs> i mean not like that just, yeah i think it's okay all right so she is a psychology student and she says that this podcast is good to comedic relief from all of the studying that she's doing. Oh, good. She then says that Dr. Mike's humor reminds her a lot of a <laughs> certain Ryan Reynolds, Canada's own. And Dr. Diana's laugh makes me laugh along with her. You guys make the podcast so much better with your chemistry. 
makes me, the whole thing made me laugh because I thought when you read that first, I thought you took it as like, you look like Ryan Reynolds. Probably. Um, she can tell from my voice. But you don't. You're very handsome in your own way, though. Thank you. Um, in a personality type way. <laughs> Deep down. Deep down in the inside. Um, but then I have, the, I have the organs of Ryan Reynolds. It made me laugh thinking about how I'm just the laugh track for the oh. podcast. Also funny. You yeah. also, you didn't realize that like he was funny. Ryan Reynolds no, is I very didn't. funny. I He's didn't. great. I know. Well, I, I don't, I don't. You, okay, don't so, you actually don't watch a lot of Canadian movies, so. Well, I don't know if people play funny, meaning like if people are in movies and they act, they have funny roles. Mm. Like, I don't know that that means that they're funny. He does a lot of roles that are funny, though. Yeah, I so I don't know. Like he has good. He's in Waiting, the Deadpool movies. Okay. He is hilarious Never in Hobbs and it. Shaw. Never seen. And we it. should watch Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. You made me watch Crocodile Dundee one and two, but yep. you will not watch a single Fast and Furious with me. I didn't say I wouldn't. I just said oh, I haven't. Sure, I want to watch Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, can we watch it? Yeah. Let's pause this. But you know how anxious those movies make me with all that action. It's funny though. It's it's. It's like ridiculous action. There's okay. a scene where two dudes run down the but side even of the building. That first one you were watching with, um, with what's the, her name from Lost? With the car bouncing? Yeah. Yeah. That made me anxious. Did it? Yeah. Well, it's we just... can pop some benzos and watch it. Okay. Sounds awesome. So this next one is from MSS97071. Might be a robot. <laughs> uh, I've been a dedicated listener since the beginning. Uh, love the podcast for so, so so many reasons Ooh. one of which is that it reminds me of the drunken convos i had with my school psych grad school friends while studying school psych grad school yeah whoa that was your favorite song by the ramones school psych grad school school psych grad school do i know this person Ooh-oh. do i know you Ooh-oh. do you know someone named mss 97071 no are you my friend tony if you are just give me a text which of those letters tells you it's tony <laughs> None. Okay. I'm just kidding. I mean. And then it ends with THX, which is the sound of, in movie theaters. <laughs> the letter four, <laughs> the memories. I don't know what oh, that means. Oh, you're welcome. Have a bitch in summer. Have a bitch. Hags. Hags. Have a great summer. Habs. Too cool to be I love forgotten. it. Thank you so much. I love that there's a school psych person. Diana, are you excited for this next one? Because this is this our, is my favorite. This is a new segment we're going to do. Yeah. Called, called One Stars from Russia. I was going to call it From Russia. Love. This next review is from. You can't find it on American iTunes. No, you need you need a deep dive. You need a VPN. You need a dot ru email address. Yeah, uh-huh. it's from Inline Coder. So this is a person that loves to code and loves to rollerblade. <laughs> the title is Water, 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 which I believe loosely translates to vodka, vodka, vodka. <laughs> I was just gonna say. I came here. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, everyone, I'm not going to be offensive. So just pretend I'm doing a really killer Russian accent. Yeah. I'm not going to try it. We should get Yakov to read these. This might be from Yakov. No, I don't think it is. And if he wants to come on, we're still game. I came here for the psychology stuff. Psychology is in quotations saying that this isn't psychology. Okay. Uh, not for stories about Pad Thai. And sure. I think he spelled Pad Thai wrong. Uh, we're not, you know what? We're not no gonna, judgment. We're not going to shame. No, no, we're, no. We're above him or her or not <laughs> they just don't like it. it's okay stay humble oh this truly american approach uh-huh. let me tell you everything about myself first mm-hmm. and only then yep. maybe wow. i'll tell you something you came here for yep. who cares about licenses and blah blah 
I feel like you're giving this guy star. too much power with his with your reading. First of all, as a licensed clinical psychologist in the state of Florida, and also a, a one-time licensed in the state of Maryland, me too. In a BCBA, um, no, that's me. We sh- I'm listing both of us. Oh. collectively, our licenses, yep. our license. I also am a class we, D driver. Yes, we know. I had a fishing license once. Cool. So yeah, any thoughts about this? Review? Wait, you just started as a something. You just started down a road and you diverged. Yeah, no, I'm just listing. Um, you know. I think everyone has their I thank them for at least copying to yeah. their one star review. I I agree. You know what? You some people like you, some people hate you. I think you can't be you can't make it in this world unless people some people hate you. So brush your dirt off your shoulder. I feel like I feel like it's a good thing. But you know Do who I think loves he's us? right? No. Maddie from Canada. Yeah. Well we always have Maddie, so we always have Maddie. Thanks, inline coder. Yeah. No, whatever. I'm glad you uh listened. I'm Sounds glad like you, you gave... really gave it a shot. Yep. Get it? No. Do you? The shot of vodka? Oh. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. sorry. What do you think water, water, water means? I think because he says this is watered down. Oh. It's a lot of water, nothing to drink. Maybe the licensure rules in Russia are very stringent. Maybe he's We're watered down psychologist here. Maybe. Yeah. So that that's that happened this week. Oh, right. yeah. Are you, how do you feel about that? <laughs> Good, actually. I think it's funny. Yeah. Makes we me laughed. Laugh. We laughed, we cried, we cried some more. Um, we did watch Crocodile Dundee 1 and 2. Crocodile, so. Crocodile Dundee is one of the rare... Crocodile Dundee, it follows the same pattern of Star Wars where 2 is better than 1. Mm, 2 is better than 1. They're both extra long. So Crocodile Dundee 2, <laughs> it's definitely... Two, it's two films <laughs> that weren't enough to be two standalone films, but were too much to be one film. But instead of cutting anything, they're like, let's just jam it together. How come all movies in the 80s were edited like with like it has like a star wipe like um, transition between scenes? That's that's the cutting edge technology of the year. Yeah. Or the era. I, I do that sometimes with my PowerPoint slides and I feel really good. I do it in therapy sometimes. <laughs> How? When I change topics i just i wipe a star in front of their face oh. so they know i'm moving on to a different yeah, that's topic. a good idea mm-hmm. and i go and i also sometimes i hold up a little card under their head that says two weeks later they feel better i go see look at you in the future you feel better well i've been doing so many um dance workouts at home on virtually um was there a star wipe before you started saying that no but i just yeah uh-huh. okay new topic uh, and, yeah so if you can imagine maybe put a sound in I don't know what animation sound you would put in. <laughs> That's a flashback. <laughs> okay. So one of the silver linings, playbooks, mm-hmm. one of the silver linings of this coronavirus has been like everyone's doing virtual classes now. So the things I really liked in LA are now online on Facebook Live or Instagram Live. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing a lot of dance classes that I used to take. And um, I hurt my hand because I like did one of those like, sweet moves that was kind of like a break dance where you like put your hand down and like i i'm totally out of my league i should not be like putting yeah. my hand down and kicking my legs up yeah they're like we're gonna do a really easy warm-up so just pop up on your head yeah <laughs> spin around real quick before you start grab a cardboard box flatten it out <laughs> on your living room floor yeah so it always ends with you passing the head around the living room <laughs> the dogs don't give me shit yeah they're not amused they're not amused they, they can do it yeah Sleep through it. Sleep through it. All right. What's the topic for today? Topic for today is... Persuasion. Is it a follow-up from last week? It's a follow-up from last week. I'm going to plug the holes 
not the whole that sounds like you didn't do a good job you did a great job i'm gonna i'm gonna add in some filler around the topics you talked about okay to give a more complete view of persuasion cool before we talk about persuasion diana just do you know what in the world of psychology what persuasion is referring to like what what does it mean to persuade someone to get someone to do something not so so persuasion oh. from a psychology standpoint is just changing their attitudes. Oh, not their behaviors? Not their behaviors. So the mm. goal of persuasion is to change attitudes. The goal of compliance, conformity, or obedience is to change behavior. Okay. The persuasion is just looking at attitudes in the hopes that attitudes will change their behaviors. Yeah. So we don't know that that's the case, though. When does that more often happen? The attitudes change behaviors? Yeah. So when in what conditions... Do your attitudes most likely map on to behaviors you take? Does that make sense? Um, I kind of, but I there's so many reasons. Like there's some there's some, there's some like broad conditions that like so let's say like there's social movement change. I'm, I'm talking about like you personally. What changes my behavior? Yeah, so like what what are the attitudes that you like most often act on? Mm, I don't know where you're going with this. Basically, what I'm looking for is <laughs> when 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 are you most likely to act on an attitude? Because I'm sure there's attitudes you have that you don't do anything about. Like a catitude. You do have a catitude. Like you might not like that. Um, okay. So so how about this? Okay. You the mailbox. Wa- I was gonna go in a different direction. Okay. So this weekend you purchased a grabber and we went for a walk together and you picked up trash. I did. Was, while we it went was for a walk. A really exciting moment. So you had an attitude about the trash yeah, yeah. on the ground. Yeah. It's aversive. And you did something about it. Right. That's what one, were yeah. some of the things that made it. I feel like you'd be hard pressed to find someone that didn't that did have a positive attitude about that. I think everyone hate does not like the trash. Except for the people doing it, clearly. They don't give a shit. The people that live in the neighborhood probably don't yeah. like it. Yeah, they don't. But you something about you or the condition you're in led from you feeling something mm-hmm. to doing something about it. Mm-hmm. What what happened? Well, <laughs> it's funny because I can explain it from a behavior analytics standpoint. So I don't like the trash. That's my attitude, right? Like yep, I yep. don't like the trash on the street. Yep. I think it looks ugly. The component that makes me engage in the behavior is that it's aversive for me to look at. Okay. And yeah. So there's some emotional reaction to it. Yeah. And picking it up makes me feel better because it removes the aversive. Yep. Yeah. So you're validating that my experience is right. Validating your experience <laughs> is right you. to keep you talking. From a social psychologist standpoint, there it's interesting that there's a lot a lot of overlap in our approaches. Mm-hmm. It's just like we we just like we label it differently. Sure. So from this, from my standpoint, you had a very strong reaction. Like the stronger your attitude, the more likely you are to do something about it. Like if you were, yeah, that makes sense. Meh about it. Yeah. But that's not enough. The uh, two other other conditions we really look for. One is the accessibility of your attitudes. Okay. What so, do you mean by that? So how quickly you can come up with how you feel about it. Oh, I'm quick to judge. Yeah. Oh yeah, the moment you see the trash, you're always like, ugh. Yeah. Or if people talk about the trash, you you always bring it up. Or even when you talk about the things you don't like about the neighborhood, like over the weekend when you're talking about like the pros and cons of living here, yeah, you quickly came up with, I don't like the trash on the ground. I don't. And so that that's a big condition where, and that's a goal of persuasion is making the attitude more accessible. Mm, that's interesting. Uh, the third one, yeah, is having a belief that behavior will do something. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't like the trash but all the trash was like washer dryer combos that are just like laying around everywhere Mm -hmm. you probably can't pick those up and do anything with it so Mm -hmm. you probably wouldn't do anything Hmm. that's the third condition the fourth one is if it actually directly affects you which it does so you you live in here so it's kind of like 
Well, I can see like, okay, so from a behaviorist, from a behaviorist standpoint, we're talking about like this negative reinforcement cycle where something exists and it's aversive enough for you to do something about it. And as soon as you engage in that behavior, it removes that aversive feeling. So you feel better, right? So I can see that correlating with this idea of like how strong of an emotion do you have Uh being like part of the thing that shifts your behavior. Yes. And I can see from your viewpoint, like kind of what the overlap is, like if it's aversive enough, but you can't, but you're blocked from doing anything about it. So you might just avoid it. Yeah. And right. And the thing that we talk about in behaviorism that relates to that is response effort. So is it easy to do something about it or is it difficult to do something about it? That's probably going to change your behavior. So if it's, if it's something I feel really strongly about and it's easy to do, like buy a grabber from Amazon and put it in a, put the trash in a trash bag, it's sort of a low response effort. But if it's really heavy trash or it's like really gross trash or whatever, my response effort is higher and I'm probably not going to do as much about it. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think going to, because basically what we're talking about is what we are talking about persuasion. Take that Russia. Yeah. Hard science. Uh, kind of when we're talking about this stuff to map it onto like campaigns to try to persuade people to do stuff just pointing out the problem isn't enough right because never enough because you need to make it so we can do something about it because if you view the response efforts too much like oh there's no way i can clean that trash up we would just walk in a different direction and avoid it and so i would imagine if there was a campaign to raise awareness of the garbage but that campaign made it so the garbage seemed insurmountable there's nothing you can do about it mm-hmm. No one just goes to the park anymore. <laughs> that's that's not the goal. The goal is to clean it up. Do you see garbage in your neighborhood that's piled up and you can't do anything about just it? Just turn around, you dumb dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Stay in your house and walk in circles. That's what I call circles. So remember, what, sorry, this reminded me of we were walking out of her friend's house today, and Mike saw a bird mm-hmm. on the lawn of another house, and he goes, "Is that a, is that a peacock? No, is that a turkey?" No. Is that a... What uh, is it? Is that a crane? Uh, I didn't say crane. I said a pheasant. <laughs> I don't know. What was that bird? I don't know. It, it looked just, like a peacock. I loved, I loved your internal... Like, hearing your internal yeah. process. I definitely noticed... I noticed this when I went golfing with Dr. Logan over the weekend. I noticed it also... I get really bird distracted. Like, we were mid-conversation... <laughs> bird distracted. In a blue jay landed near us. And I just stopped in dead sentence. I'm like, oh, blue jay. Mm-hmm. But he he knows it enough now where he just kind of blows past it, yeah. which I like. Yeah, what was that bird? I don't know. There are some ways that... So there's some prime motivations that persuasion can tap into that will actually help to facilitate changing our attitudes. Okay. That's a very confusing way to say it. Yes. So there are some primary goals we have as humans that make persuasion possible. Okay. So one of those goals is to have an accurate view of the world. And you can uh, manipulate that to be, to persuade people to change their opinions. Why don't you just give an example? So an example is using authority. We like to believe <sighs> that... I, I feel... Sorry. I know I just asked you and interrupted you. I feel like that used to be more of a thing than it is now. I don't feel like people were... Well, whatever. Go for it. It's It gets very easily manipulated. So it's, so it's this idea of we use authority as a proxy for... It's, it's a shortcut towards being accurate. We like to be accurate. We like to get the sense that we are getting our most bang for a buck. We're doing the right thing. And we look to authority to tell us what is the right thing to be doing. Because it, it is faster to look at a doctor and a doctor says, only eat fats 
Dr. Oz, and you'll be healthy. It's like, okay, cool. I'm not going to look it up and, and see what that actually means. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do what he says. Uh, there's a lot, there's interestingly, and I'm, I'm, I would be interested to see what the more modern research is, but like research in the nineties and early two thousands saw that when you printed an op-ed in a paper of an expert that is voicing an opinion in a specific direction, post that paper coming out, the public opinion of that catchment area tended to shift like two to 5% in yeah, that there's direction. There's no way that's still true. I feel like people are more polarized and don't trust sources. Well, now both sides are pulling authority figures. So like for every, like if you ever watch any news source, it's like, here is a doctor that's telling you blah, blah, blah. And it's interesting because even looking at how to sell stuff. So if you watch any like diet ad, there's always some hunky doctor in a white coat. My favorite one is there was like a, a hydroxy cut commercial. It was this jacked dude in a doctor's coat. And he's like, I'm a doctor and hydroxy cuts the only way to lose weight. And then there's small print and I paused it one time just to read it. And it's like, it was basically saying that he was an intern like in Barbados. He was basically, who's not a doctor. He had no authority to be saying this shit, mm. but it was like, he wore a lab coat though. He wore a lab coat. And that's a big thing. So less authority. We look at proxies of authority. Mm. So that was a big part of the Stanley Ash. Milgram Ash. study. Oh, just kidding. So Milgram, yeah, the, the right. shock study Take experiment. I, I can't, you're talking over me. <laughs> so, Everyone knows the Milgram study, but as in a nutshell, basically it was individuals, all white, uh, white men in the, the, the middle class were brought into a study under the impression that they were in an experiment looking at how, how do we teach people? But really what it was, was we've talked about it on this show. Yeah, I think it was a mini Yeah, I'm just giving an go overview back. really quick. So people don't have to go back. So basically it was seeing how high of a shock value would you give someone by just having an authority figure tell you to do it. Yeah. And they found that in different versions of the study, things like having having a lab coat, being on a college campus, these proxies for being a legitimate source of authority increased the chances that people would abide by what the doctor was saying or what the mm-hmm. person was saying. Um, so so I, I just wear, I personally wear a lab coat now around everywhere. Yeah, I wore one to Publix today and I told everyone <laughs> to put their masks back on. Uh, authority must appear trustworthy. And so often uh, when you, especially when you watch like politicians trying to be believable, they'll often say like i'm giving you the straight talk Mm -hmm. no bs Uh, also one really effective strategy is we trust authority and they've actually found this finding in kids as young as like three Mm -hmm. where we we find people more trustworthy when they cite both sides of the argument and even though like it's clearly a straw man argument because we feel like people are unbiased if they say well here's here's the benefit of wearing a mask but here's the benefit of not wearing a mask and even though they are presenting both sides and clearly one side is worsely presented worsely yeah we find that they are more trustworthy because at least they're attempting it another big piece of making the world seem more believable and accurate is this idea of ready ideas and so this is why politicians and these big movements use very catchy slogans Mm. because the quicker you can think of a thing the more it feels like right and accurate Mm. and so if you can if you can come up with like the slogan the catchphrase you will confuse the speed in which you can think of it with Mm. how how accurate it is just say no yeah just say no so if you poll people i'm sure overwhelmingly people will say just say no is effective if you then give them 
an article showing it wasn't effective and then wait a little bit and then pull them again, they'll probably still say it was effective because they can think of just say no really quickly. Mm. And so that's a very persuasive technique. Have it be really catchy, really, really, um, really believable. A jingle. A little jingle, a jingle keys, or keys, a jungle. Keys, keys on Van Nuys. That was a jingle that I sing a lot to Mike and how he acts like he knows it because... It was a it was a car salesman in Los Angeles. It was. Yeah. So another on Van Nuys. Another goal that we have for ourselves that persuasion really taps into is being consistent with ourselves. So we like to be internally consistent. Mm-hmm. We can use that to our advantage if we try to persuade people by essentially getting someone to agree to something and then using that early uh, agreeance to then agree to something else that we really want them to do. The thing is, okay, so I know we're talking about all this and like it's really important and like obviously we've been able to design experiments around this, Mm -hmm. but there's so many factors about why people behave a certain way or not and how they feel about things that like on a large scale, like are we really able to influence people the way that we thought we were? Yes. Yeah, not perfectly. We can't can't perfectly control anyone, but... Generally, like these these techniques generally are effective. People aren't so chaotic that there's nothing we can do to increase the chances they do something. Like, uh, Yeah, I hear you. Like, like uh, n- none of these things, like having an authority figure, having a catchy slogan, doing these sales techniques, it'll never 100%, like no finding shows up 100% of the time it works. But even if it works 10%, 25%, that's like a good cha- a good chunk of people that are changing their opinion based on some uh, social environment that they're in. The difficulty is these don't, always last so mm. our attitudes are very transient yeah so the goal is Pickle. change the attitude of the moment and then capitalize on a behavior change what was the slogan from heroes rescue the cheerleader save the cheerleader save the world yeah yeah like just like that just like that i'm glad you're back on board good this being consistent among like internally mm-hmm. so another term is cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. and so it's this idea that if we are inconsistent so if we do something outside of what we believe is right or mm-hmm. our attitude or who we think we are, it raises discomfort mm-hmm. and we become motivated to either change the behavior or change the attitude towards the behavior. Yeah. I think, I feel like the way you just described cognitive dissonance, you made it sound like it was the feeling of congruence. That's what we're tapping into. We're, right. Cognitive dissonance is the opposite of that. It's yes. like when we, you're we forced, raise, we yes. raise dissonance, right? It's when you're forced to do something that's against your values Let's or when say. you're primed to think that you're acting outside of your values. Yeah. People have a goal to be consistent. By raising cognitive dissonance, people are more likely to do something to a, to resolve that dissonance. Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard of a foot in the door? Mm-hmm. So what is that? It's like when you're walking through a door and you trip and you, your your foot gets stuck. Yes. And then you say, foot in the door. Yep. You yell that a like lot. snake in the grass. In the middle of the night. <laughs> foot in the door. Uh, it's a persuasion technique. Oh, all these are going to be persuasion oh. techniques. What, do, what, 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 what? It's like saying something just to get your foot in the door. Doing something to get your foot in the door. So just starting like, so th- like it's, if you think about salesmen. So all of these are ways to raise dissonance or get early commitment. Mm-hmm. And so how would this one work in, in those? And, and sales. Yeah. Just starting a conversation with someone. Could be foot in the door. Like, hey, do you have a minute today? Do you, can I have a minute of your time? Adding to that a little bit, it's giving a low request and yes. then coming back later and getting a higher one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Right. And so really low stakes questions mm-hmm. like, 
hey, can I chat with you for a minute? Yes. Usually I'm like, fuck no. Yeah. And I turn and run the other way. Yeah, you always have the hose on and ready. Well, I just, I know what's going to happen. Like, I mm-hmm. don't want to buy something and I don't even want to give the idea to that someone that I'm going to. Yeah. So, yeah. So this might be a, like a security sales and be like, hey, could I just like tell you something real quick? Or it's one thing that people often do is they will walk around and be like, can you sign this petition uh-huh. for this thing? Right. And, and then, then they, they got you. And they'll call you later and be like, can you volunteer to do this? Right. You already you already volunteered. You already did this. If you say no now, that is incongruent with your early behavior. Right. How about lowballing? Um, I mean, very similar, but one key difference. Price. Kind of. I don't know. Yeah. So this is basically, I offer you a deal that is very cheap. So I say like, hey, would you like to buy this TV? It's only a dollar. And you're like, yes, I would love this TV. And then Oh, I, this one is better. I, well, no, that is a bait and switch. Mm. So lowballing is getting you to agree to it and then getting you to really talk about how much you like it. And I go, okay, well, the power cord is another $100 mm. and this thing is another. And basically I keep adding onto it. And so that's happened like with the cell phones a lot where it's like, here's the, here's the phone. Oh, you love the phone. Now it's an additional this for the coverage and it's this to get Wi-Fi. And it's, so then you, by the time you're done, mm. you have a very expensive thing. that You, you have a pie right in your face. You have a pie right in your face. Waka waka. Flock of <laughs> flame. The bait and switch is what you're kind of talking about before. So this is like what, what they do on Black Friday where they make this very attractive deal. They get you in to say, I want this thing. And then they say, ah, fuck. Sorry, go ahead. Oops, sorry. This thing is not available. Yep. But this thing is, and it's something that's much more expensive. That, so that totally just happened to me because I had a Facebook. So we're looking for office furniture. And so... If anyone's giving any away. So we're like, you know, I'm looking on all the sites. And so, of course, like Facebook and Instagram pop-up ads are constantly now targeting me around like, here's this office furniture you'll love. And I totally clicked on it the other day because it was like, it had a chair that was really cool that I liked. And it said up to 70% off. And I, what? And I clicked on it and I was like, yes, this is going to be so cheap. Porno. It was like 10% off. It was like up to 70% off. Was it clicked wrong? Clicked on it. It wasn't wrong. Yeah. But it totally got me there. I tricked you. And I bought five of them. Oh, good. I did not. Now they're all around our table. I was like, God damn it. And I clicked yeah. off of it. Yeah. And now they got your information. <sighs> Who doesn't? You know? Yeah. Labeling is another technique. Oh, we're going back. Okay. I know. Just to get it all in in time. I just want you to pretend to be a car salesman and at the end and then use all these strategies on me. Okay. So labeling is identifying a trait about you that I think that you would agree with and then identifying a behavior you could do that would be in line with that. Okay. So it's like, yeah, you seem like someone that like loves style. Like you're a really fashionable person. I like how you're dressed. You look like, you're like really hip. Oh, thanks. And with that, this this car is actually like one of like the most hip cars. Like, mm. do you know Jay Z, the Canadian rapper? <laughs> he drives this car, and he's very hip. He's actually part of the tragically hip. Um, would you like this car? So basically, it's like hip people do this. Mm-hmm. It's also like you know you seem to love your family, and this security system will keep your family from getting murdered. So do you mm. want this? Tapping into a value. The last one is actually not a commitment and consistency one. This is a, this is going back to what you had talked about last week. Reci- Liking. Reciprocity. reciprocity. It's called the door in the face. Yeah. So this is when they give a really large, unrealistic request to get the no yeah. and then come back saying, right. you know what? I'm sorry. That was really, that's, that was crazy. How about this instead? So it looks like you're giving a, you're making a concession by saying, I'm going to do this instead for you. I'm going to give you this right. deal. When that was really your plan all along. Yeah. You know what? You buying an H2 Hummer was unrealistic. 
How about what this? What happened to Hummers? Um, you don't people, see them anymore. People realized they were ridiculous. Yeah, what happened to them all? They go to the Hummer graveyard. Do you remember Cash for Clunkers? The army bought them back? Well, Arnold Schwarzenegger did Hummers for Hercules. <laughs> and so he would buy your Hummer cash on hand. And now he made a castle out of them. Yeah. It's a gas guzzling castle. <laughs> the last goal that we have mm-hmm. for uh, changing our attitudes is to gain approval or acceptance from other people. So like, this is like us yielding our attitudes to blend in with whoever's around us. Okay. So this is, um, uh, this is like uh, we look for other people's responses, especially if our own attitudes aren't quickly accessible. We just like, we kind of pull the audience. We look for what does most people around us feel? And so we often will view proxies for validation. So, We'll see a big crowd. Like this is actually, they do this on the news a lot where they're like overwhelming crowd of protesters Mm. at this thing because it makes it seem like most people at this inauguration ever, ever don't look. (laughs) There were throngs of people. Look it up. The word throngs. I don't think they would know what it means, Uh, (laughs) but it's, it's using that proxy. It's like, there's a, there's a million people there. Uh, or it's like using laugh tracks on television shows. Uh-huh. I'm a good laugh track. Oh, I love you. <laughs> uh, using these proxies for other people agreeing with it can really change people's attitudes towards that thing. Well, it's funny you say that because, okay, so t- going back to that experience we had today in the bagel shop, there were a lot of people in there and I was watching this woman like do all this dumb stuff around our bagels. And I was looking around being like, is anyone else not cool with this? And I, we left and I was like, man, I wish I said something. Yeah. And if other people had been acting like they were upset about it, I would have said something. But because yeah. no one else was, I was like, you know what? It's probably just me. I'm going to go. I'm gonna, we're going to leave and then I'm going to send them a message. And that's what I did. Yeah. I think that if one other person that wasn't in like our couple. Yeah said something <laughs> or looked uncomfortable i also would have been more inclined to be like yeah this is gross yeah but like every every single and, and the interesting thing is us saying this now i'm i'm for sure certain that someone else felt the same way there were people in there saying no one seems to be upset i'm not gonna say anything yeah. oh you and i were talking to each other very loudly about yeah it. i was kind of using that yeah we were trying to like rally the crowd and they weren't buying but i also like especially now in these political times like you can't you can't make me wear a mask and like all that shit my body my choice unless it's abortion <laughs> got that t-shirt made or a child that has to go into welfare yeah or the death penalty this is a long t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. What's well, one of those really long night shirts? <laughs> See back for other examples. Um, and the back just says I'm with stupid. So I think I was thinking a lot about that because I know there's going to be, there's going to be as many people who agree with me strongly as people who disagree with me strongly. And so I didn't want that situation. I just wanted them to know how I felt independent of like whether other people in there were uncomfortable or not, I guess. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. And, and given how polarized and how vocal some people are, my apprehension was if I can guarantee I can just like make my opinion known and they just be like, okay, thank you. And then go, I'd be fine. I don't want, because there was like a counter between us. Like this is a transaction. I don't want anyone on our side of the counter to be like, leave her alone, don't yeah, make her wear a totally, mask. Like, totally. I don't want a fight to break out. I'm not trying to fight. I'm not trying to fight or, or love anyone except Aww, for you. Thank you. And my friends and my family. So the last one, Within this, the gain social approval. Uh, we are more likely to do this, especially when we are unsure or uncertain of our attitudes or what is 
right or in times where we can't trust our own judgment. So this also like the ash experiments are all about this. Raising uncertainty. That's what I was saying earlier when I brought it up. Yeah, you were jumping the gun by by 35 minutes because you're so smart. (laughs) Thanks. And so if we can make the opinion seem vague, but a lot of people are in agreement with it. it, So actually like they, actually this is the social validation stuff. So yeah, this, this occurs much more often when our opinions or attitudes aren't easily accessible. Like what? If you're called about some some like new policy or if there's a protest for a policy that like sounds good on the surface, but you haven't like really looked into it, you're more likely to be like, yeah, I guess I'm for or against because people that kind of look like me are protesting or not. Yeah. And so this happens a lot actually here where there's always votes on the ballot with regards to traffic and expanding roads. Not like human traffic. No, the movie traffic. Like, should we make a sequel to traffic? And Everyone should say no. Sh- no. No. But like, should we expand roads? Should we do public? Blah, blah, blah. And I feel like they're always written very in a bit. Like I got called about one. I was on a poll and they were like, the, the, the wording is like, should we expand and or should we put the money in a lockbox earmarked for other things? It's all very confusing. But I feel like my attitudes are not very accessible. I was like, I don't know the pros and cons of this at all. Mm. But so I feel like in those times, if a bunch of Democrats were like radically yes. for or against, yes, I'd be it's a like, shortcut. it's easy. Like, yeah, totally. Me too. And then uh, among those are the idea of liking. So we talked about this last week too. Like we like, we want to be liked by those that we like and we think that we like. And so we're much more likely to change our attitudes to match those of people who are attractive. The other hmm. persuasion technique that doesn't really fall that neatly into any of these is scarcity. But I wanted to say it because I didn't want it to feel left out. <laughs> so scarcity is when we f- we increase the value of something that we can't easily get or we feel like we're going to lose the ability to do mm. and so this is basically the idea of like we like we like our freedom because mm-hmm. freedom ain't free these colors don't run and if we feel like we're going to lose the freedom to choose to do something we're much more likely to do ironically to do it and so like all these like tele- buying out like going to the store and buying toilet paper yeah, yeah, yeah. If you feel like you're you're gonna run out of toilet paper, you're gonna you're much more likely to buy it, even if you like don't need it. Or like, if it's around Christmas time and they're like, you know, there's only three iPhones left in the store, you're much more likely to pay more than you normally would mm-hmm. for the iPhones. You feel like you're gonna lose the the opportunity to get one, even though, in and of itself, it doesn't have a lot of value for you. Mm-hmm. All these commercials are like, while supplies last, order now. Like that really gets a lot of like on QVC, they'll show like, there's only thirteen of these sweaters right, left. Right. Right. Oh, Margaret and Saskatchewan. I just feel like Amazon has been doing that to me lately. Yeah. It's like only five more order soon. Yes. I th- I like I definitely that caught me off guard. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I got to buy this now. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't really. I, I don't, don't even need this. I don't need another shower caddy. <laughs> You're going to say cap. <laughs> I don't need another shower cap. I have my the mine is fine. You're bald. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need. How many shower caps do you need? Well, that's how my hair died. Yeah. I had it on for too long. I fell asleep in a long shower <laughs> and my hair died. All right. Yeah. But yeah, the Amazon's doing okay, that Okay, let's now. do the fun, like I'm coming in to buy a car and you, you try to use these. Okay. So you come in. Uh-huh. You don't, don't tell me, don't telegraph okay. this throw. Okay. I'm on, I'm on the floor working my. All right. That's me walking in. Are you trying to <laughs> give some food to a squirrel? That's <laughs> That's the sound of me walking in. Hey, Bob, I got to go. A robot just walked in. <laughs> hi. Hi. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Good. I'm, I'm, I'm Dr. Mike. You can tell by my white lab coat. I'm here just to 
I'm just working on I'm working some cars. Uh, it's a real passion of mine. What's uh, your name? I'm Diana. I'm Shmayana. Okay, Diana Shmayana. I'd love to buy a car. To, actually, I'm not sure if I want to buy a car. Okay, I'm just so, looking. But you, you kind of seem like the person that, like, when you choose something, you, you really love it. And you're going to do it. You're yeah, right. You love, I'm okay. strong-willed. Okay. Well, you know what I always say here? I love it for life, you know? Just, you see a car, love it for life. Don't understand what that means. Yeah, just love it for life. Okay, I'm not sure where Love you're going it for with life. That. And with life, you got to put a lot of money into it. Okay, so, so let's see some cars. How's that sound? Yeah, so great. What kind of car are you looking for? What's, what's, um, what's your I idea? Just like a, maybe a four door hatchback. Can Karen come to the front desk? Sorry about that. That's <laughs> the overhead. Karen, I mean, between you and I, Karen's kind of a bitch. This She's probably in trouble. Sale is going poorly. All right, Dinah Shmayana, let's let's go take a look at a car. You okay. know what? As a person that just like, loves cars, as you've already told me, sure. I'm wondering, would you would you mind if I just I I don't always do this, but would it be okay if I just show you a new car that we got? Okay. Okay, you're good with just. I just, guess, yeah. If you're just, just gonna show me, just show me. Okay, that's uh, that's okay. I one thing I like about this car is it has very audible doors when you open it. <laughs> It's nice because people need to know that you got class. You're getting in and getting out of a car. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. You no sneaking in, and sneaking out because if it's a theft-proof car. Because okay. if you're sleeping and you hear, <laughs> it's you're gonna wake up. Why does it sound like a tropical bird? Hold on, I hold on. I was inside the car. I need to get out and close it. <laughs> what was that? I'm sorry. All right, I'm I'm ready to buy a car. Okay, well let's <laughs> let's go on in. Uh, you know what? Big Tony is going to take care of you from here on out because Big Tony's our money man. Am I right, Tony? All right. He's mute. <laughs> and so uh, for those playing at home, how many persuasion techniques did you pick up on? <laughs> None. <laughs> um, wait. Where were you going with that car that's showing me that car with the loud doors? I, <laughs> lo- I was going to try to get you into the car to do a a foot in the door you're already in the car oh and then i was gonna i thought you were gonna show me like a lamborghini well that's what it was <laughs> you couldn't see it and then i was gonna like, get you Do you want this it's two hundred thousand dollars well, i was gonna lowball you oh. and say the base model and then you're gonna say oh i love that i go unfortunately we don't have the base model <laughs> that is a classic car and situation. then i switch you and then when we get out of the car i was gonna say that there's a thousand people clapping for you <laughs> social validation <laughs> Also, this is the last one, and that couple over there also wants it. That, you know that old couple over there? They're trying to get it. They're trying to get it, and I know that they have cash on hand because they got a life insurance policy on their kid. <laughs> the kid's not dead, just missing, but okay. it pays out just the same. So how's your car? Um, well, I have a, two, a 2010 Prius, so it's okay. Good. Brand new 2010 Prius? Yeah. <laughs> Fresh off the lot? Yeah. Yep. So we I'm should, gonna keep driving that until it dies. We should go to the, the Toyota dealership. Like, do you have a new 2010 Prius to replace my old Were one? Were you ever in a position in your life where you had a car that was so beat up and ridiculously old that you it died on the freeway and you just left it on the side of the road and took the license plates off? No, but close though. <laughs> I the car I had before this car, it it saw way better days. It survived many winters in upstate New York, and so it was just like. I remember when I first moved to Virginia and I took it to the dealer to get like something fixed on it. The dealer lifted the hood and was like, I have never seen this much rust before. And then another, another uh, mechanic was in there. He's like, Oh, he's never been like up North before. This is like really common, but 
it was it was a thing. At one point, one of the rims got damaged early on, and so I had to replace it. And then I was driving in Rochester, and like two other rims got damaged, so I had to replace them. And then you and I were driving together, and we ran. Remember, we ran over like <laughs> something metal, and it just destroyed the rim. <laughs> and so I replaced. The, I replaced them all different times. I thought I was doing the right thing. It was early on in our relationship. You were so calm and collected. You pulled over to the side of the highway, and you just fucking changed the tire. And I was like, Yeah, I came Whoa. back in. You were completely nude. <laughs> And then we're like, hey, I'm like, hey, we got to get to Ikea. Those meatballs aren't going to eat themselves. And then I, this is when I was in Maryland in private practice. I was on the fence about, do I need to get a new car or not? I'm like, I'm going to drive this one into the ground. And then I had to get it inspected because it was like a year expired inspection. And I brought it there. And then they called me. They were like, hey, this didn't pass inspection. And I did my best to act surprised. I was like, what? What was the thing that happened? And the lady was like, so there's a lot. Do you want me to read all of them? And I was like, just give me the the highlights and she goes well uh for one thing there are three different tire sizes on your car <laughs> i feel like that's on you <laughs> it was purely on me <laughs> purely on me not like oh the guy gave me the no, no no it was on me i asked specifically with confidence <laughs> i it was me I, it's my fault but then she started rattling and i was like i get it i get it and then i was like how much to fix it and get it up to pass inspection and she's like do you just want to know how much like a new car would be <laughs> i was like yeah yeah, I do. Yep. Then I got a new car. Cool. Yeah. That's a great story. Thank you. Um so those are some uh persuasion techniques. Right. <laughs> um, I loved it. Yeah, good. How's your life looking this week? I mean Fair to Midland. So old men in the South say. Same old, same old. We you know, just Ungapashka. I don't even know what that means. It's a thing that Nick Weiger says a lot in Doughboys. I don't think he used it right, and I don't think I used it right. Um just we you know, went grocery shopping today got that out of the way so we're gonna make our special meals for the week special meals you could kind of do a meal planning app no big yeah. deal um can do that i feel like do we have anything else coming up this week? i don't know probably not it's no tomorrow's a holiday for some people for some people well for all americans we're gonna be working though yeah we're gonna be working tomorrow well also when this comes out that'll be two days ago and yeah, um, nothing this, this is the most no. depressing part nothing really big nope probably nothing. go golfing again next weekend maybe oh okay um maybe for the third weekend in a row i'll say we're gonna run on the beach and then, and then we won't then you'll wake up and then make three different plans <laughs> well here's the thing i realized this morning is that i'm terrified of hot and humid yeah um so it's getting to the point here in florida where it's like it's humid it's yeah. like 85 percent humidity plus every day is that because the impact on your body is where your namesake garbage bucket card comes from yeah exactly i yes i do have humidity induced diarrhea yeah on the rig the rig. <laughs> like i get really nervous because i like running and yeah. i i get really overheated easily and i can't really run in the humidity very well so i get like really anxious about what the weather is going to be like and i feel like if we can't get to the beach early enough and might as well not go at all yeah well that's just it i mean we have to be there early to run because otherwise i'm not gonna be able to do it so mm. i think that that's where my wavering comes from that's why I, I accept it yeah cool so what about you um i quit one of my jobs mm -hmm. and so this is like two weeks left in that job and okay. so this is in my in my calculus this is probably going to be the last week of like work work then like next week will be like less stuff to do. And then the last week I don't plan on doing anything Okay, and I'll be done. Good plan. And so this will probably be like a, the last of the really busy two full-time job weeks. Cool. And then, That's exciting. yeah, I'm very excited. And then, um, beyond that, um, 
I want to, I've been like, I haven't read in a long time, like read, mm. read something for fun. And so I'm really like itching to like find something to read. So. I'd like to go for a swim in the pool. Yeah. So yeah. So if anyone has any recommendations for pools to swim in or books <laughs> to read, email us at rev.sitecast at gmail.com. And if you want to rate us, review us, please mm-hmm. do so. Yeah. If you're from Russia and you have a specific thing you want us to read, we will give you your own segment. Kind or not. Sure. Yeah. All right. And if you're the anti-Russia, Canada, keep on, keep your positivity coming to us. <laughs> we too. love you, Canada. I know. Oh, all right. Cool. On that I note, love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Yeah. And then oh, my tooth. I, that's classic that's, me. That's the first time that's ever happened to me. Classic me. Every time it's worse. Is it bleeding? No.